tonight, I want to lead us in a prayer, just as you stay standing with me for a second. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today uh, with your people. It's so great to see the smiling faces, uh, that, the smiling eyes. As we come together, we just thank you so much for this opportunity, and it's just a joy to be with your people. I just can't tell you how much that it thrills my soul, and I know it thrills yours too, God, to have your people together. And we just thank you so much that we're here today, uh, not because of our strength, not because of what we've done, but because of your faithfulness, that you sent Jesus Christ for us, that we could be made whole, and we could be brought into relationship with you. And you have been faithful throughout the years to keep your church alive. And we just think your church is alive today and that nothing can stand against your church. Nothing. And I just thank you for the opportunity we have to be able to be here as your church today. And just pray that you would speak to every one of us. And God, I know that there are pains in our church and around the world right now. I just know there's so much division, fear, anxiety, sickness. God, we just want to pray for your hand to be felt, for your presence to be seen through us, your people, God, that we would be faithful as you've been faithful to us. We thank you. Give us your strength, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. If you're in here, you can sit down outside as well. If you're online, you can get ready because we're about ready to go today. I want to introduce to you Matthew and Jessica Sutherland and just so a couple of notes about them. Jessica wrote to us and said, we love our Twin Cities family. We love you too, Jessica. <laughs> said we were baptized as a family. Uh, we have baptisms coming up next week, but they were baptized the last time that we were able to have outdoor baptisms out at the park. And they're grateful to be back in in-person fellowship and worship and also for the opportunity to serve here today. And Matthew says that uh, Proverbs was the book that changed his life three and a half years ago. That the words of this book set him on a new direction, brought him out of darkness and into the light. And they're going to read our Bible verses today. <clears throat> my son, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding... Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who, whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Uh, thank you, guys. Let's praise God for the reading of his word. That's awesome. We love that. Love his Bible around here. So I just want to welcome you. Uh, in case you've forgotten, I'm Ron Thompson. Those of you who haven't been here since March. Uh, and so I just want to thank you for being here today. It means so much to us. And so if you're watching online, maybe even this is your first time, just want to welcome you and so glad that you're with us. And if you're outside, I'm sorry for the smoke. Can't do anything about that. Uh, but you chose to be there, okay? So just, just so you know. Okay, so uh, last week we began this new series that we're calling Uncommon Sense, and it's been such a joy as we've been walking through this. And if you weren't able to be on site or you weren't able to watch it online, I just want to encourage you that this week you really need to go 
watch it. You need to spend some time. You need to dig into that first message because it lays the foundation. It lays the groundwork for this entire series. And so you won't want to miss it because it's going to help you each and every week as we come and we talk about proverbs and uncommon sense. Last week I mentioned a phenomenon called infoglut. We've all heard of that phrase and we know what it means just by the title. Well, we live in an age of information overload, right? Information overload. And at the rate we are creating new content every single second of the day, I don't believe that it's going to change anytime soon. Have you guys ever been to the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C.? I'm going to show you a picture of it right here. See, this is the Library of Congress. There are over 170 million resources there. Over 170 million documents and resources. Well, James Billington was the head, of the, li the head librarian of the Library of Congress from 1987 to 2015 through five presidents. He made it through. Okay, can you believe that? And so he was, the, and he was talking one time about all the information was there, and he asked this question. With all our access to knowledge, have we become any wiser? That's a good question, huh? With all this access to knowledge, and he was reflecting on all the knowledge that he had been caretaker over for all these years, have we become any wiser? And the answer then is the same as it is today. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe some of us have, but more than likely most of us haven't. And so we're going to talk about this idea of wisdom because we're in this information-glutted world, and yet with all the information that we have right at our fingertips or now even at our vocal cords available to us, we have a deficit, a shortage of wisdom. And so I just think it's imperative today that in our information age that we have a common source for how to interpret all the information that's available to us. We need an uncommon sense, as we're calling it in this series. So we're talking about a different kind of sense than common sense, right? We made fun of that last week, that everybody's thinking, boy, what we need is a little more common sense, right? And the way that we relate and the way that we respond to things. Well, see, I want to talk about that again today to help us to kind of wrap our brains about what we're talking about in this series. Common sense is a good thing, but common sense is when people use their accumulated insight based upon their experiences and their circumstances, and then they figure out how life should work. So therefore, because we all have different perspectives, experiences, circumstances, backgrounds, um, information that comes at us, then we all have different levels of common sense. And so what happens is that we have pockets of people who have the same common sense because they have the same experience or the same background. Maybe they grew up in the same part of the country. And so those little pockets of people would say, this is what common sense is, but then, then they would look at other people and they say, well, they don't have any at all. When those people are saying, well, this is what common sense is, and you don't have any common sense, they look at other people as well. See, all of us are tapping into, in some way, this wisdom that we've gained through life, and what I want to help us to do is to realize today is that what we, do, we don't need more common sense. We need a sense that goes beyond what is common and to the Bible to listen to God and his word and be able to follow him. We need a wisdom that goes beyond common sense. So the question is this, is there a better way to do life? Is there a better path that we can take to gain this wisdom and knowledge? And the answer is yes, because we can come, we can find, there is objective truth. Common sense is subjective. 
There is objective truth that we can come to and we can rely on. And we need a wisdom that knows no boundaries, that knows no limits. As we said last week, we need an everlasting wisdom for everyday life. And that comes from God in his word. And so we've been, we're going to look at the book of the Bible that's called the book of wisdom. There's others, Ecclesiastes and Job, and then Song of Songs. And then also, if you look into the New Testament, James has been called the book of wisdom of the New Testament. But most of us would be familiar with Proverbs, right? So go ahead and grab your message notes. They're going to be really helpful today as we go through our time together today. And also, if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to open it to Proverbs 2. We're going to be there. We're actually going to dabble back into Proverbs 1 a little bit because I wanted to cover a little bit of what we didn't get to cover last week. But right at the top of the notes, I put the theme verse for our series. I know it's not from Proverbs, but it says the challenge is there, and it's so clear. Proverbs 6, 16. And I'm going to ask you if you would, if you read it out loud with me ready today. Okay, let's go. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So he says, there's a crossroads. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to stand at the crossroads. I want you to look. I want you to ask me, come to me, ask me the, to guide you in the best ancient path to go. And then when I do that, I will find what? Rest. Rest. I will find a flourishing rest, an opportunity to have rest for my Soul. Now look at this definition that we're going to use in this series from Proverbs, uh, from Ray Ortland. He's a pastor, and he writes this. And, uh, you know, of course, there's so many definitions of what wisdom is. And I believe that he did a really good job of looking into the Bible about what it says. And it's this. Wisdom is skill, expertise, competence that understands how life really works, how to achieve successful and even beautiful results. Isn't that great? beautiful results. That's what we want to be able to see as we go through this. So last week we covered seven verses, the first seven verses of Proverbs, and we called that the prologue uh, of the book as that we're going to look at, and that remember that this series is the introduction to the book. We're going to go through the first nine chapters, just the introduction to the Proverbs is all that this is. And then we said last week, if you distilled all of the Proverbs down into one verse, and it was just one drop, it could be seen right there in verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 1. I want to read it to you. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. The fear of the Lord. And I had somebody ask me last week because there's so much confusion about what the fear of the Lord means and that people think because of some background or some authority figure in their life or some misapplication of the Bible or some just misconstrued, misconstrued idea of who God is that they think that the fear of the Lord is a cowering kind of relationship where we're always fearful about what he's going to do to us because of what we've done. And we said last week that the fear of the Lord is actually an invitation to relationship, and it's an opportunity for us to, in humility, bend ourselves before him and be in a loving, reverence, awe-filled relationship. We're going to talk about that again and again in the series. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And so what the fear of the Lord says is that I have to come before God in humility. And we talked about posture last week, about the humility of coming before him. And Kim and I talked about that in the video we did this week on Wednesday. I hope you watched those. And so as we were talking about that, we said that we have an opportunity that we can bend before God or we can bow our backs to God. 
can bend before him in humility or we can bow our backs to him and say that we know more than he does. And the idea is, is that we want to bend before him in humility. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to begin by reading some verses from chapter 1 that we didn't get to cover. Uh, because what they do is they help us to understand what it would be like for those who disregard wisdom uh, and disregard wisdom's guidance. So here it says, verse 22, How long will you who are simple, remember we said simple is the naive, uh, those who just haven't had life experience, how long will you, uh, you love your simple ways? How long will you mockers, those who are, have contempt for God's word, delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? repent at my rebuke so you can change you can turn then i will pour out my thoughts to you i will make known to you my teachings but since you refuse to listen when i call and no one pays attention when i stretch out my hand since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke i in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you i will mock when calamity overtakes you when calamity overtakes you like a storm when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind when distress and troubles overwhelm you and the reason wisdom says that it will laugh is because it says in those verses i told you so i told you that this is the way life would work out with for you if you didn't follow my ways if you didn't follow my ways it's a word of warning folks we cannot mock wisdom we cannot disregard wisdom we cannot remain naive and simple we cannot put ourselves in a place where we have contempt for god and his word because it says here that if we do that there will be a price to pay now, there are times, there are times when God in his mercy and grace, where he will swoop in and he will rescue us from the consequences that we're going through because of the decisions we made. But here's what I found to be true and what I found to be true in the lives of people around me. He usually lets us just walk through those consequences. He usually just lets us walk through them because we need to realize the results of our choices the fruit of our choices so wisdom is important and we must pursue it so how do we do that how do we pursue wisdom well that's what we're going to talk about in chapter two that's what chapter two is all about and it begins with this appeal and i, I don't know if i can be strong enough today but this, the appeal is very strong that we would pursue wisdom and then as if we needed it just like last week we talked about all the benefits that comes from those who pursue wisdom there's also another list of benefits for us this week so let's begin how do we get wisdom first we get wisdom when we make it our passionate pursuit when we make it our passionate pursuit now pursuit is important and passion is important because we're going to see in these verses that's exactly what wisdom talks about the benefits then come into our lives when we make wisdom our passionate pursuit. And so in these verses, what we're going to hear is that oftentimes in the verses, wisdom will speak uh, or that there will be a teacher who speaks. And so right now what we have is we have the teacher speaking, wisdom speaking, and it says this and talking to his son because these verses were, this, these, all, all the Proverbs we're looking at were basically written by a father to a son. Uh, talking about how the son could live life in order to be more productive um, and more successful as they go. So he's just saying, get wisdom, son. Pursue wisdom. Go after wisdom with everything that's in you. So it begins this way. My son, if you accept my words and store, because I'm not going to cover this in a moment, I just want to stop a minute and just have you circle that word store right there. That implies 
that we are receiving something from wisdom, and it's so valuable that we would want to have a place to store it, a place to keep it, a place to hide it, a place where we could say that we cherish this so much that we want to make sure that it's available for future use, for future use. Okay, if you store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure... So he's given us these verbs, uh, these conditional statements here that, about how we would pursue wisdom. So how do we do it? I'm going to give you five ideas. Turn your notes over on the back side. Five ideas that were listed right there for how we can pursue wisdom with passion. The first is we receive it with humility. We receive it with humility. So wisdom first says this. And you might even think that this feels passive. But wisdom first says this. It says, if you accept my words. Remember last week we talked about the idea that there are a group of people who have contempt and disdain for God and his words. And so what it's saying right here, if you'll be someone who's open to my words, if you'll receive them and allow them in, then you will be able to hear from me. So basically it's just a position of humility. See, folks, the wise ones are the ones who know that they don't know everything. Remember we said last week that the wise are the ones who realize that they still have more that they can learn. You would think the wise would be those who have learned everything. No, it's still the ones, it's just the ones who realize they have more to learn. They realize what they don't know. And so they're willing to pursue it. They're willing to receive it and let it in. So humility is the realizing that realization that we don't know it all, but God does. He knows it all. Be willing to say, I don't know everything, but I'm opening open to learning from others, God and others who know more than I do. And that takes us to the next thing it talks about. The second way we pursue wisdom, we learn from wise people. We learn from wise people. So what he says here is I accept, and now I turn my ear. That's another posture here. I turn my ear to wisdom. And so wisdom comes to the one or from the one who says, I don't know it all, so I'm going to turn to others for help. I'm going to turn to others for their assistance. I'm going to turn to others for what I need. See, folks, we all need this because none of us know everything about everything. And other people know stuff that we don't know, and so they're able to help us to know what we don't know and just to help us to be able to understand the wise way to live. To help us understand what the Bible really means. We, we need each other. We need to model wisdom for each other. We need each other to show, we need others to show us the way. We learn from wise people. And so once again, I'll say, who are the wise? Those are the ones who know that they don't know everything. But let me just add one more part to that. The wise are the ones who have learned from their mistakes. You know, there's people that learn from their mistakes, and then there are people who cycle through the same mistakes over and over again. So the wise are the ones who have learned from their mistakes, those who've learned from making bad choices. Uh, last week, we made this reference to this idea that you will not lead, live a good life making bad choices. And that's true, especially if you keep making the bad choices over and over again. What we have to learn is we have to learn from our mistakes and from our bad choices. See, we have to learn from those who have 
experience consequences from making those poor choices. And so I'll just say right now, this is one of the great reasons to belong to a church, great reasons to belong to a community group and what happens in a community group. A community group is a group of people who come together to share their wisdom, share their wisdom with each other. And so I'll just say it right now because I want to really help us understand our community groups understand some, one of their primary purposes, and it's this. The best groups do more than just share information about the Bible. Most of us have way more information about the Bible in our minds than we're even actually able to live out in our life. The most influential and transformational groups are open to share that they have made mistakes, and here's what I've learned from the mistakes that I've made. And then they share the collective wisdom with the group. And so everybody's able to learn from what one person learned from the mistake that they made. Folks, it's great to learn from your own mistakes. And I hope you do that. But it's even better to learn from the mistakes of others, right? You learn in that way what to do or what not to do. So learn from wise people. Next, we find wisdom when we apply diligence. When we apply with diligence. We're talking about application here. He said, applying your heart to understanding. I read this quote this week by this guy named Humor, a humorist named Jerry Clower, and he once said that some people are educated beyond their intelligence. I think you might know what I mean here, right? It's just not, it's not that the smarts aren't there. They have, they have knowledge. They have information. It's simply that for some people, their education obscures the obvious facts of life. And so they're not able to see and apply what they've learned. And so if I'm going to pursue wisdom, I have to be someone who's eager to apply the things that I'm learning from God. Number four, they cry out with urgency. Cry out with urgency. And the way he said it was, we call out for insight and we cry aloud for understanding. And if you just know your Bible, you know in James it says that if we lack wisdom, that we should cry out to God and he will give it. We will cry out to him. And so um, I just need you to know that I was talking to someone in, my, in the office this week, and, and we were you know, feeling the same way about this, is that uh, I pray for wisdom several times every day. And this person was saying, you yeah, I do too. I pray for wisdom several times every day. And what we're saying by that is we're saying that we realize, is that, that, realize that we need a wisdom outside of ourselves to be able to navigate the difficulties that we're facing in life. And right now, I'm crying out for wisdom all the time because I've never navigated a life like we're navigating. Never been through experiences like I'm experiencing right now. Never had to answer, peop- answer questions like I'm having to answer right now. Never having to debate about the purpose of God's church like I am right now. Never having to go through and just, you go through the list of things that we're going through that I'm going through personally in my home and now I say, God, I need wisdom like I've never needed your wisdom before. So we cry out with urgency. And the time that I cry out the most is when I'm on my uh, elliptical. And so when I'm on my elliptical, and so I use my elliptical time to cry out to God. Uh, because, you know, Kim thinks I'm actually working out, and she thinks that's a good thing. <laughs> but I'm really crying out to God and saying, I need your wisdom where I'm here. And then the last thing is we pursue wisdom. We search for it with diligence. We search for it with diligence. Did I say the wrong thing? Intensity, intensity, excuse me. I wrote one thing on my notes, and then I had Shannon put another thing on the slides. Intensity. Um, 
That's better, actually, than diligence. Intensity is a really good word there. We do it. It says we look for it as silver, and we search for it as hidden treasure. And so um, and when you think about silver or hidden treasure, you think about, I think about the gold rush days in California when people would come here and they would give up everything and they'd move to California with this desire to find gold because if they found gold, then they would have their way into the easy life. Or I think about my Labrador retriever when it comes to food. And when she thinks there's food anywhere, she hunts with intensity and searches for it until she finds it if she can in some way, and she will then devour it <laughs> in every way. So we're just talking about an intense search for that which is missing. So it, I, I value wisdom so much that I see it as silver or I see it as a treasure that I'm going to look for, and it's a posture of humility, and it's a posture of being able to say, I need this, and so I'm going to search for it with all that I have. So, okay, let's talk about this, the intensity of the verbs there. Accept store, turn, apply, call, cry, look, search. See, folks, wisdom does not happen through osmosis. It just doesn't. Wisdom happens to those who look for it. And I'll just say this, actually work for it. Wisdom is a pursuit Wisdom is something you go after, after with a sense of urgency and intensity. It's something you go after with passion and desire. It's longing. It's respecting the value and worth of what you don't have and doing everything you can to get that. It's a posture that comes before God and says, God, I need you, and I need you, and I'm going to pursue you no matter the cost. No matter the cost, I'm going to work for it. And I just want to say... Working for it means way more than just going to church. Because this is, you know, it's pretty passive right now. And we're listening and we're being inspired and uh, we're thinking and some of you are texting people right now about what's going on. But anyway, it's hard to stay clued in sometimes when you're at church. And so I want to say it takes more than just coming to church to pursue wisdom. We have to do it on our own. It's an effort we have to make. God just doesn't pour wisdom, open up and pour wisdom in because we came to church. We have to work on it. We have to do that. It's a slow and it's a long road. It doesn't happen overnight, but it begins with desire. There's just something about the person who says, this is hard. This is complicated. But I'm not going to give up no matter how hard the work might be. I read this great quote this week by uh, Lindsay Wilson. He wrote a commentary on Proverbs, and he says this, The picture that emerges is that the quest for wisdom is one that requires great effort and hard work. The willingness to learn must be matched by a willingness to work. A character shaped by wisdom does not fall into one's lap, but must actively be sought. And so, folks, this is why it's so important that we work at it. And one of the part ways that we can work at it is if you would take my suggestion and that you would say, I'm going to read a proverb every day. I'm going to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. And so Proverbs is designed in such a way that it's really easy for us to do that because it has 31 chapters and uh, that we're entering into the month right now of October where we have 31 days. And so what I could do is I could say, I'm going to read a chapter of Proverbs every day for the month of October, and I'll read according to the day of the week. 
and so of the month. And so today is October 4th. And so if you wanted to start and gauge, you don't have to go back and read what you didn't get. Start today, you would read October 4th. You would read Proverbs 4, and you would read that today, and you would work. You would do work, that, and you would ask God, God, speak to me as I read this. I want your wisdom as I'm opening up your word. And then when we do that, Chapter 2 goes on and says, guess what? There's pro there are promises that go with that. There, it, was, it was a conditional clause. If you do these things, then these things will happen. If you do these things, then these are the, there's more probability of these things happening in your life. And so that begins in verse 6, and it says this. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, just for a minute, just stop there. Would you just stop and let's just say, where you understand the would you go ahead and underline? I, I put in red the, the key things that we would get. We'd get understanding, we'd find. But here's what we get. We get the fear of the Lord, and we get the knowledge of him. So the first thing we get is we get the knowledge of God. We're going to come back and talk about that as we go through this. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. If there was ever a day, then we needed this, under, this level of understanding is now. That we will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Now, I don't have time to go through the whole list like we just did uh, through the ways that we would pursue, but let me just kind of just briefly breeze through this. First, it says wisdom help, will help me know God. The number one thing that you and I need is to know God. And I want to say this, it's not information about God, it's to know him personally. And that's what the fear of the Lord means. I've learned to walk with him and relationship. It also says that wisdom leads to success in life. And I don't know any of us would say we don't want that, right? We want success in life. And what it really means here is success in the spiritual things of life, but especially when it comes to having that relationship with him. It says wisdom is a shield. So it's going to be a shield. It's going to protect those who walk with integrity so that we can go through life and, and we can realize that because we were living with integrity, because we were making all the decisions we made with an upright heart, that there, will be, there still may be you know, bullets that come at us. There may be spears that are thrown. There may be darts that are hurled. And it, it becomes a shield to protect us as we go through life. It says wisdom guards the path of justice guards the path of justice. It helps us to know what is just and to pursue that. Wisdom guides the steps of those who love God. And so, you know, we always wonder what's God's will, what, what God's will might be. Well, in the Bible, in Proverbs, it helps, wisdom helps us know the steps that God wants us to take. And then wisdom helps us discern what is fair and right. What is fair and right? I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Uh, as I look at all the messages and all the different news sources that we have that are available to us, each news source saying that that news source is right and the other would be wrong. And so when I look at that, it's hard to know what is fair and right. God says, I'll help you discern that. I'll help you know the difference between what is fair and right. It also says wisdom is delightful and helpful. So we delight in God and we delight in what he brings to us. And then it says wisdom protects us. Wisdom protects us. And so there are enemies in our world designed, and you know, we talk about Satan and his demons. 
that would come against us uh, to knock us off track, to discourage us. And so if we want to read further, you read it in chapter 2 a little bit more, and it talks about the ways that we're protected from uh, evil men and evil women. And both of those are just examples of the ways that society would come against us to take us off track. And God says, I will protect you from that. But the most important thing, the most important benefit is what I've already talked about, and that is that we will know God. When you seek wisdom, you will find God. So you grow in the fear of the Lord, and that's you know growing in humility before him and relationship with him, reverent knowledge of him. Uh, we said last week it was affectionate reverence, affectionate reverence a child would have for his father, and that's the relationship he invites us in. Um, so I just want to take a moment, and I know that uh, I want to speak to our teenagers and to our college students and our young marrieds today just a minute. And I just want to, it's, had a, it's a kind of a pause button in the middle of this talk. You grew up in a culture that taught you the pathway to happiness was to find yourself, right? If you just find yourself, that if you find yourself, then you're going to have happiness and you're going to succeed in life. And I just want you to know that that's just not true. That's not accurate. And I'm really sorry that that's the message that you were given. Because you will never find the pathway to flourishing within yourself. It's just not there. You will only find it by finding wisdom. And I read a phrase this week that I'm going to use, I'm going to steal. And the phrase was this, instead of finding yourself, you have to unself yourself. You have to unself yourself. Take yourself out of the center of the world. And that process of unselfing yourself is what we have to do. Then what we find is we find that as I unself myself, I really know that I need something. And now I find my worth and my value not in what I say about myself, but in what God says about me and who he is. And only then will I be able to lead my life toward a flourishing life that I want and I want to have. So forget about finding yourself. Find God. He's the source of everything you need. just want to encourage you for your teenagers and young adults that you would start now unselfing yourself and finding God because he's the source of all wisdom and all life. And these verses show us how we can be secure and how we can walk the way of wisdom. So make it your goal to pursue godly wisdom, and it will never disappoint you. Culture will disappoint you because culture will change. What's important today will not be important tomorrow. It will always change. There will always be more and more sound bites of information that will just, you know, be designed to help us to think we don't know enough and we need to take another track. But God's word, God's wisdom never changes. It remains the same. No matter how much change we face in our world, and wouldn't you say we're going through a lot of change right now? Godly and biblical wisdom never disappoint and never fail. Never. And so if you open yourself up to it, if you accept it, if you search for it, if you apply it, if you talk to others who have wisdom and glean from them and learn from them, wisdom will never disappoint you. It never will. And you can become a great decision maker. And you can have the consequences that God wants to give you. The prize, the benefit of living with wisdom. 
So I'm going to wrap this up now by just looking at the last two verses of chapter 2. I'm skipping verses 12 through 19, and those talk about the different ways that we need to be protected by wisdom. But verse 20 says this. There's two different outcomes. Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. What he's saying is this. The path of wisdom leads to life. The path of foolishness leads to death. It's so clear what he's saying here. And I want to end with this quote from Trimper Longman. Uh, we quoted him again last week. He wrote a commentary on Proverbs, and he says this. This discourse, which this, by the way, uh, chapter 2, I didn't say this earlier, but chapter 2 is 22 verses. In the Hebrew, it's one sentence with no punctuation. One sentence with no punctuation. So it's a discourse. And ends with this generalizing conclusion that addresses the fate of both the fools who disobey and the ones who obey wisdom. For the first, the result is death. For the second, it is secure life far from trouble. Secure life far from trouble. And that's where wisdom wants to lead us. So I'm going to give you this bottom line statement that will help us to understand what we've talked about. Last week, I talked about the idea that Proverbs has two goals. And the first is that I would deepen my character. And the second, that I would deepen my walk. And that uh, I would walk in a straight way. That I would walk in straight paths. So those are the two goals. And so the number one goal is to develop that deep character within us. And then as I have deep character, then I can make wise decisions. And so what I want to do is I want to end you with this thought that goes back to, you know, really knowing who you are. And it's this. When I become what I was made to be, when I become what I was made to be. So this is not from looking within myself. This is from looking to God and saying, God, who am I as your child? Who am I and how was I created? What did you make me to do? What do you want to take in my experiences? Like when I come what I was made to do, be, that's when I can do what I was made to do. That's when I can do what I was made to do. So we have character and we have action. And we need both. But they all center themselves in this idea of wisdom. They all come from that. And I just want to close with this and remind you that the number one way to know wisdom is to know Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.3 says, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When he came. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I have one more quote. That Paul Tripp, he writes this about this concept right here. And this is what he says. Wisdom in its purest form is not an outline. It's not a theology. It's not a book. It's not a system of logic. Wisdom, wisdom is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. You don't get wisdom by experience, research, or logical deduction. You don't get wisdom by education and experimentation. You get wisdom by means of a relationship to the one who is the source of everything that's wise and good and true. And it begins with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to invite you right now, if you don't know Jesus Christ, that today you would begin that. Today you would renew that. Today you would look at Jesus as your hope. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. God, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for your word and the power of it. Thank you for your people and their uh, eagerness to hear from you and what you have to say. And Jesus, I pray today that you would help each of us, God, each of us to be able to grasp 
what it is that you want us to learn from this today. And for some of us, maybe we've been going, just been passive about this whole walk with you. And that we realize today that there is some effort that we have to put in and uh, that we want to pursue you and the wisdom that you've given us and what it means to know you. And maybe we pursue that by getting to know others and be able to walk with them, those who are also walking in faith toward you. And God, I pray now that you would help us to always remember the benefits, that they are great, and what you want to bring into our lives, what you want to give to us. And God, now I want to pray for anyone who's never said yes to Jesus, that today would be the day that you say, I want to know Jesus. I want to know the source of wisdom. I want to know that person. I want to be able to come to that person to be able to know God. And so if you want to say yes to Jesus, you simply say, Jesus, I thank you for what you've done for me on the cross. I realize that you died for me. I realize the Bible says that I am a sinner and that I need your grace and your mercy. And so Jesus, right now, I say yes to your offer of forgiveness. And Jesus, I say yes to your offer of a fulfilled life. I say yes to your request that I follow you for the rest of my days. I follow you, Jesus. And as I follow you, I pray that I would get to know you and I would get to experience wisdom. And God, I pray now that you would help your church, the people of your church, to be wise. We live in a world where there's so much craziness. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would help us as followers of Jesus not to add to the craziness, but that we would bring sanity where we are. We'd bring love. We would live wisely as you've called us to live in the world. That as we live, our main purpose is to bring you glory. Our main purpose is that people would connect with you and know you. Our main purpose is to point people to you. I pray that you would help us to remember that each and every day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.